0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Future Brew, Michigan football recruiting podcast right here on com. I'm your host, Vaughn Lozon, and we've got a full house tonight. We've got the whole crew back, John Simmons and Seth Barry both with me tonight uh, to recap some some quality, positive Michigan football recruiting news. There's, there's not going to be much negative going on on this podcast today. So, John, how are you on this positive Monday?
2: <laughs> I'm good. Still a little exhausted from uh, tracking all these coaches across the country, but I still have <laughs> another month or so of doing that once the evaluation period ends.
0: Yeah, the and we will definitely talk about all of that. Uh, The coaches were uh, on the recruiting trail all week, um, scouring the country for their top guys. So, uh, John, you put together a phenomenal piece on all of the prospects that the Michigan coaches went uh, to their high schools for. Uh, You can check that out on amazingbrew.com right now. Uh, it's like information overload, but it's all really, really good stuff. Um, so, John, thank you for putting that together. I definitely look forward to seeing who else Michigan goes and sees uh, during this evaluation period. Um, Seth, how are you doing, my friend? How has your past week or so been? i have doing well.
1: Yeah, yeah, It's everything's been good. Um, yeah, I can definitely, after going through John's article, just second how how you know informative that was and just all the detail and, and work you put into that. So obviously it's exciting time for you know for Michigan football, you know, getting the coaches getting out and, and being able to see see players but not directly um talk to them during this time. But but still um with you know a lot of prospects that they're that they're going after. So um yeah so it's it's an exciting time to talk about all these all these prospects.
0: Yeah the spring evaluation period's kind of weird because you mentioned it right there Seth that the coaches can't necessarily talk to these kids in person um, but they can you know visit their high schools and visit with their coaches in person their teachers in person Uh, they just for what (laughs) I don't know why the rules written this way but they just cannot speak with the actual recruit face to face so they have to go to the high school and then Once they leave, they can, you know, FaceTime them or text them or call them or whatever and say, you know, I had a really great time at your high school. Wish I could have saw you face to face. That's probably what they're saying, more or less. But uh, anyways, we will get to all of the spring evaluation stuff in just a little bit. Uh, But we wanted to open the podcast today with the news of the latest addition to the Michigan football program. And it comes from the transfer portal. And that's defensive tackle Cam Good. He committed to the Wolverines on Friday night, Uh, originally started college at Virginia Tech and then transferred to uh, Central Florida, where he played his last three seasons of college football. And this past season was definitely his best. He put up 24 tackles, three sacks, one interception and four forced fumbles, which was Number 12 overall in the country in that regard. He's around six feet tall, maybe an inch or so shorter, uh, but he's 315 pounds. So he, what he lacks in height, he definitely makes up for uh, in overall size. So now with Kim Good in the fold, uh, Michigan is looking to, uh, or is looking, I, I should say, just really solid. Uh, from a depth perspective at the defensive tackle position with him, Mozzie Smith, Chris Jenkins, uh, Rayshon Benny, uh, George Rooks, a few other guys in the mix for playing time this season uh, along the defensive tackle spot. I, I think they're in a really good spot uh, as of right now, and uh, it's looking really good for the foreseeable future as well. So, uh, John, I'll turn it over to you um, Quite honestly, when it comes to this recruitment in general, Michigan didn't really have to fight off much competition for Good's commitment because I don't really think there was much competition to begin with. I tried to uh, before we started this podcast, I I really tried to find um, other schools that were involved for Cam Good. Uh, getting him to commit to their program, I really couldn't find any at all. So I don't know if there was any competition uh, whatsoever. But at the end of the day, um, this is a a really good depth piece here uh, at a position of strength, uh, I would say, uh, as far as the defensive tackle position goes. It was kind of a little... Weary going into the offseason, but I think the spring game kind of uh, calmed some nerves a little bit because uh, Mason Graham, the true freshman, looked really good as well. So he's absolutely going to compete as a true freshman. I already brought up Monzi Smith. I'm really high on Chris Jenkins and uh, Rayshon Benny is another player uh, to keep your eye on uh, moving forward as well. So, uh, again, lots of really good depth at D tackle now with Cam Good coming to Ann Arbor.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Michigan kind of needed to dip into the transfer portal and find someone um, after Chris Hinton kind of unexpectedly left probably a season earlier than people thought. And I think Good will be a pretty solid contributor. Um, You know, I think people are talking about Jordan Whitley a lot after he transferred in last season at the same position and barely played. Um, But I I just think that uh, Good has, you know, contributed more already at um, the collegiate level Um, he's played a lot more snaps I think and didn't have to go through all the position transitions and um, injuries and everything that Whitley had to it so I think he's definitely more ready to see the field Um, you know I think the one thing holding him back was his height which you kind of mentioned is that he's probably sub six foot Um, but I do like that he has that bigger frame to be able to carry you know over 300 pounds to still give him that uh, size and uh, anchor there in the the middle of the trenches, so um I think didn't good at some point visit I think Syracuse and Vanderbilt, I think that was him, unless it's someone was those,
0: those those do ring a bell, yeah, I think you're yeah, right. I
2: think he'd visited them at some point um a while ago, so you know, not the the best competition for him, um you know, and I think the size had a lot to do with that, but uh Michigan can't really be beg or choosers right now with uh, how tough it is to get in transfers and um, their needs along the defensive line. So I think he'll play, you know, more snaps than Whitley and be a more positive contributor to the team.
0: Yeah. I, I I think Jordan Whitley only played in really a handful of games, at least to to my naked eye uh, from seeing all of the Michigan football games last season. I really only remember Whitley coming on and, like garbage time for the most part, really. So yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it, John. Cam Good's not going to be like a Mike Dana because it's just not the position that um, Mike Dana played. He was more of a pass rusher. Cam Good, more D-tackle. D-tackles don't typically um, put up the the statistics that pass rushers do. You're you're not going to find a Moe Hurst very often. Um, So I, I don't expect Cam Good to be that type of player. For Michigan but I do expect him to get more snaps like you said than a Jordan Whitley did a season ago so Seth I want to get your reaction to this commitment uh as well I I like I said I I don't really think he's going to be like uh an instant impact kind of guy like how Mike Dana was a starter at defensive end when he transferred over from Central Michigan a few years back Uh, just not many defensive tackles are built that way not many play that way but again Cam Good is a solid player at a position of strength for Michigan uh that I really think we will see on the field uh pretty often in 2022.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you just mentioned Mo Hurst because it I mean obviously that's a guy who can just, you know, quick twitch, you know, type of pass rusher kind of playing on the inside who can really get off the ball and I was just going to mention that ever since the Mo Hurst days it feels like that the defensive tackle position is a is a little bit of a one that that Michigan hasn't had quite as much um, depth so you know these last couple of years and going into this spring it's nice to nice for them to add that at that position Um, it's it's a position that they're going to have to be especially good at this year I mean and they were you know and it was and it was good last year with the way Hinton played and um, and Mozzie Smith but especially you know with with losing Ojabo and Hutchinson on the edge you know you really have to anchor anchor that line in the middle there and and good's a guy who can who can give him some depth um it, it's never never hurt to have a guy who can you know who force as many fumbles as he did um last season you know a guy who can just get a paw in there and and maybe you know get a get a hand on a running back carrying the ball loosely or or whatever it is so um mm-hmm. and it's just nice to to see michigan get you know dipping into the transfer portal um as it is and, and just add to uh to a position to add some depth um you know and it's important across that that defensive line when you know in this day and age in, in college football when you're you know you're rushing the passer so much or going against teams who can throw the ball you know guys get tired in there so um because the guy with experience you know they bring him in uh, he's been you know obviously with virginia tech first and then with ucf so he has experience um you know he has game time reps so that that never hurts in that regard to uh to have a guy like that in the rotation
0: Certainly not. And you mentioned the forced fumbles that he had last year too. He really did cause a lot of chaos uh, with all of that, Um, forcing four fumbles last season, ranking 12th overall in the country. That's not something that happened by coincidence. It's not like four uh, he he forced fumbles just uh, you know oh he it was just a lucky kind of thing. I mean he he's very skillful in that regard, and you can see that on those plays on his film uh, where he goes to do that. So he, he's very talented player. Don't get me wrong. Um, this is certainly a good addition um, to this team and uh, to this defensive line in general. I, I think they more than likely will use more defensive tackles this season than they did last year. they kind of switched it up a little bit um, with going from four, three to three, four. But I think with the way that the defense is built uh, going into this season, it would probably be better for them to do more uh, four, three than three, four, but um, that's something Jesse Minter is probably sorting out. Uh, as we speak and, and probably will tinker with uh, heading into the season in general. So, uh, yeah, uh, overall, a solid addition. Uh, I'm not upset by a transfer portal defensive tackle by any means. <laughs> um, you, you can never have too much depth along either offensive or defensive line. Uh, so getting some more competition uh, in the fold here with Cam Good coming to Ann Arbor, I think it's an overall positive thing. Let's move on to the spring evaluation period, boys, because this was the other major thing that happened this past week uh, was this opening up. And uh, John and I, on the last podcast, we ranked our top five guys that Michigan should go see uh, their, at their high schools during this period. And uh, John already got uh, his wish for his number one guy with Nicholas Harbor, and he's going to get uh, the double treatment this week. Uh, according to EJ Holland, at least, sounds like Ron Bellamy is going to. Uh, head to Sea Harbor uh, as well. Elston did this past week, as you can definitely see on that uh, aforementioned story that John wrote on uh, mazenbrew.com. You can see where they all went um, every single coach um, uh, and every single place that they went. Um, So we'll go through a top, uh, a few of the top ones uh, today. And I want to start with one of the guys that was on my list um, and he was number three on my list last week, and that's four star, uh, 2023 linebacker commit Raylan Wilson. And I think it's really important that they keep him in the mix for this class, keep him committed because a, he plays a position of need linebacker, uh, and he's a really good one. Uh, and B, uh, he's just an overall top talent, regardless of position. He's a top 100 overall player. Yeah. He's very fast. He's a hard-hitting guy. He's everything that you would want out of a middle linebacker. Um, so George Hilo and Jesse Minter saw him this past week on Tuesday, uh, which was really the first day that uh, the coaches went out there because of the Easter holiday. And some of the schools were closed uh, the Monday after Easter. Uh, so stuff really started to open up uh, for the coaches as far as travels go on Tuesday. So uh John, I mean, we talked about him last week. Uh, he was one of the more important guys on my list, and I think he's one of the more important guys on Michigan's list, just given that uh, they immediately went to Florida uh, to go see him. And I know that's George Helo's stomping ground. I, I feel like he probably would have went to Florida regardless, but uh, to have one of the first stops be at Raylan Wilson's high school, I, I think it really speaks volumes of how important of a recruit he is to this 2023 class for Michigan.
2: Yeah, I definitely think they're trying to send a message to him that um he's still a top priority to them and they really want him in the class heading down there the first day they could. Um sending two coaches there including the defensive coordinator um I think shows a lot of love and I think it's, you know, he's really important to keep in the class. He's Michigan's highest ranked commit by far. He's um at a position of need like you said, so they're just going to have to keep working and working here. Um you know, Michigan's not going to be the only school visiting his high school during this period. I'm sure like Florida and Georgia will head down there as well, but uh, I think it was good to get down there and I wouldn't be surprised um, if some other coaches, maybe Hilo again or someone else stopped down there um, again in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah. I, I think they probably should too. just keep sending guys down there just as much as possible. Really just like you said, John, to send the message. Uh, to Raylan Wilson that yeah you are our top guy Uh, we took in your commitment and uh, for a reason we really want you a part of this class you are uh, a vital part of what we have going on for this class Uh, and and I think he probably is aware of all of that but um, at the end of the day That's probably not going to stop the likes of Georgia and Florida and Alabama and these other SEC schools uh, to continue going after him as well. I would anticipate uh, coaches from those three programs and more programs to probably, if they haven't already, to stop by his high school. So, Seth, I'll I'll just turn it over to you with your reaction on them going to see uh, Raylan Wilson um at his high school not I I mean not see him see him because they're not allowed to really go and, and talk with the guys face to face when I see when, when I say that they see him I, I think you understand what I'm saying here uh but what's your reaction to uh, uh two coaches the defensive coordinator and the linebackers coach uh, to go down see their uh top rated commitment of this 23 class
1: yeah I mean I I agree that I think it it's important to, you know, to go, go down and visit him and just, you know, make him feel, you know, that he's, you know, that, like you said, we, you know, we love that you committed here. We really want you to stay around. Um, you know, if, if he decommitted, I mean, that would be, that would be felt, you know, I think a little harder than, um, you know, when reply, I have a hard time pronouncing his last name. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the tight end committed just because they have, you know, they have a lot of targets there and I think they're, they're in good shape um, for that, for that position moving forward. But yeah, Raylan Wilson's a guy that, that I really like. And um, you know, that obviously Michigan likes as well. So, um, you know, I agree. I, they're just going to have to continue working at, at him, um, at his commitment. I know that, you know, when, when you're competing against, you know, SEC schools and, you know, when, when he is from, Yeah, he's from Florida. So, you know, obviously he's, he's had a good relationship uh, with the staff over, over at Florida as well. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just a guy they're going to have to keep working with. And, um, you know, hopefully they can continue to convince him that, that Michigan is, you know, is the place to be and and why he kind of chose Michigan in the first place. Hopefully they can um, convince him, you know, to, to stay around in Ann Arbor and not, not flip.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of unproven talent at the linebacker position currently uh, at Michigan. Obviously, Junior Colson, he's, you know, potential All-American type player. But outside of him, I mean, who else do you really have at the linebacker position that you're really – Uh, excited about moving forward at Michigan. I think Nakai Hill Green's a nice player. I think Michael Barrett's a nice player, but none of those guys are like what Raylan Wilson could be in college or what Junior Colson uh, uh, potentially could be this uh, as soon as this upcoming season, his sophomore year for Michigan. So yeah, I I think uh, this is a huge position of need in this 23 class. They're trying to hit this linebacker position really hard and it, it just starts and finishes with the guy that they've got committed currently um, their four star top 100 overall talent at that position. Let's move on to a couple defensive backs that Steve Klinkscale scale went and uh, uh, saw at their high schools. And I don't believe we've talked a whole lot about these guys on the podcast. So we'll change the pace here. I'm, I'm pretty excited to bring these guys up. Let's start first. With uh, 2023 four-star safety Peyton Bowen, and I think the reason mainly uh, that we haven't really brought him up is because he's been cur- currently he's currently committed to Notre Dame. He's been committed there for a little bit now, um, but it shouldn't be considered a very hard commitment at this point. Um, it, obviously, with the coaching shakeup and everything going on in South Bend, uh, that's kind of opened up the possibility for him to decommit and potentially look in some other schools. So he's being recruited by Michigan. Uh, He took a visit to Texas A&M a few weeks back as well. Uh, So like I said, it it seems like a decommitment could be on the horizon here uh, for Peyton Bowen. So Steve Klinkscale, he went uh, to Bowen's hometown of Denton, Texas uh, this past Wednesday and uh, went to his high school. This kid's really talented. He's a top 100 overall talent, just like Raylan Wilson, number 62 overall in the class, number four safety in the class. So uh, a highly, highly talented prospect there. And then the other guy um, in the mix here that Clink went to visit on the same day uh, down in Texas, in Dallas, in fact, at South Oak Cliff High School is a 2023 four-star cornerback Malik Muhammad and he's ranked even higher than Peyton Bowen he's in the top 50 and uh, this kid is an absolute stud uh, is likely among the top overall cornerback targets for Michigan in this class and it's good news for Michigan because Michigan just made the top six List for him along with uh, a bunch of schools that uh, you would expect out of a kid from Texas. It's Texas A and M, it's Texas, it's Miami, it's Alabama, and it's Florida. So this is this is very much a top list of one of these things is not like the other, and uh, that one thing is Michigan. They're they're not like the other schools. This is a very Uh, very sore thumb sticking out situation as far as the top list goes for Malik Muhammad. So John, I'll pass the torch to you. Two highly talented defensive backs, one cornerback, one safety uh, that Steve Klinkscale went and visited. Uh, He is one of the, better recruiters on Michigan's coaching staff. And I think that is saying something because they do have a ton of really good recruiters on the coaching staff as of this point. So uh, he went and visited two top 100 guys that he's recruiting heavily and you might as well swing for the fences. I think they have a shot with Malik Muhammad. I think uh, it's probably less of a shot with Peyton Bowen. I I know that might be like a, 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 a hot take, kind of a thing just because Bowen is kind of wavering his commitment to Notre Dame, but I just have a feeling that clink has got Michigan higher up on Malik Muhammad's board uh, for a reason here on his top six. So I just want to get your thoughts on all of that. And these two prospects here, John.
2: Yeah, I think it's always, um, you know, you can't really say Michigan's chances are better with a kid currently committed elsewhere. um, Most of the time. So um, I think uh, Michigan's been going after Muhammad uh, more than we think for a while now. And I think Klink done a really good job. I think Ron Bellamy's also involved in that recruitment, if I remember correctly. And that's also a good sign since those are two of the best recruiters on staff. Um, so if anyone can pull uh, him up from the the South, it's those two. Um, but yeah, I mean, both of them getting the both, either of them up North is going to be tough. I, you know, I think, uh, Peyton Bowen's a little more likely since he's already committed to Notre Dame. Um, so I think he's a little more willing to leave the the area. But as you pointed out, with all of uh, Muhammad's top six, you know, Michigan's the only one uh, that's in a northern school, but I think they're there for a reason that Michigan's done a good job with them so far. Um, but so just getting him up for a visit and showing him how, what Ann Arbor's like um, is going to be huge. You know, I'd expect uh, him to take an official at some point to uh, Michigan if he's going to visit all of his uh, all of the schools in his top group so we'll see what happens after that visit um, Bowen I think is more likely to go to a place like Texas A&M or something like that um, but Michigan is going to try there um, but yeah I kind of agree with you that I think Muhammad is a little more likely than Bowen at this point although I don't think the chances are too high for both.
0: No, yeah, yeah. Let, let me be clear. I don't think the chances are too high for both either. I just think if, if I had to choose one today that I felt better about, it would be Malik Muhammad because of the reasoning that you laid out. I think they have been putting in a lot of work behind the scenes uh, that Michigan recruiting fans may not really uh, see right now just because they're he's not really too much of a talkative kid. He doesn't do like a ton of interviews by any means. Um, and, and if he does, I, I would imagine that they're mainly with the Texas, the Texas A&M, uh, uh websites down there, down South, um, you know, it, being in the top six it is it, an accomplishment by itself. So Clink has done a really nice job with him. So yeah, Seth, I'll turn it over to you, uh, for your reaction about these two guys. Cause uh, again, two really highly talented kids, uh, again, I don't think the chances are great with either of them, just so I'm clear. Uh, but again, you got to swing for the fences. And these are two guys that Steve Klinkscale in Michigan think incredibly high of.
1: Yeah, yeah, with Muhammad, I, you know, like John said, it's going to be, it's going to be important, I think, getting him on, you know, on campus in Ann Arbor, you know, uh, so he can kind of get a feel for for what it's like and, you know, see if, if Michigan remains, you know, a, a top school, like I said, just to be in the top six with all the, with all the Southern schools on his, his board, um, is an accomplishment in itself. So, um, yeah, just getting him on campus for a visit. I was surprised when I, when I saw, you know, I just didn't, I guess I didn't, just didn't realize that, um, that I knew they were recruiting him hard and, you know, that scale was, was after it, but, um, for him to, to be, to list Michigan as a top school, um, was impressive. So yeah, just, just getting him on campus, whether, you know, in in the summertime um, you know, where he can visit Ann Arbor, you know, maybe, maybe you have an outside shot of, of landing him. Um, And then with, then with Bowen, you know, obviously with him being committed to, to Notre Dame, that's, that's obviously a tough one as well. Um, But, you know, uh, Michigan's remained in the mix with that, with his, with his recruitment as well. So, um, you know, like I said, I I agree, like, it's going to be tough to, to land either one of them. Um, but you know, it, like I said, Bellamy and Klingscale, you know, they, they've recruited very well. Um, and, and, and corner corner in the, in the secondary is our positions that, uh, that Michigan's done, done very well, well at recently. So, um, you know, they're, they're getting to talk to a lot of guys that are, that are highly ranked prospects and recruits. And, um, you know, so it's, I think Michigan's becoming known, you know, as you know, as the last couple of years go by, um, you know they, they they've had really good secondaries. So you look at you look at Dax Hill, you look at um, DJ Turner. You know how some of these young guys have have played for them, um, and I think that's an that's an attractive point for for a lot of these uh, players as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you go as far back as uh, Jordan Lewis and uh, David Long, Lavert Hill. I mean, they've had quite a few defensive backs play really, really well at Michigan that end up being pros. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's a very enticing uh, place for defensive backs to go uh, just with the history and with Steve Klinkscale being, um, you know, it, one of the better, I would say uh, cornerback coaches in the country um, really good developer uh, did that at Kentucky and really did a, a nice job this past season with Michigan's defensive backs. So really looking forward to seeing what he's able to do with like Will Johnson and and Keon Saab, some of these other guys uh, that have really bright futures in Ann Arbor. John, I'll uh, pass it to you. Did you have uh, anybody else that you wanted to talk about? Those were a few of the guys that I really wanted to hit that that I thought were, were uh, uh, imperative that Michigan end up going to visit. Uh, at their high schools this past week so uh, they did that and uh, there were a ton of other guys so again go to mazenbrew.com check out John's article to see the entire list uh, because there are a lot and we just don't have the time to talk about all of them on this podcast so any guys that you wanted to talk about John?
2: Yeah uh, staying in the secondary uh, for a bit I think Marvin Burks out of Uh, Cardinal Ritter in St. Louis is an interesting name that hasn't been talked about much either. Um, Jay Harbaugh visited him. He was all over St. Louis, visited a ton of schools while he was there. Um, But I think, you know, word came out that the staff is really going to target Burks highly moving forward. And I don't think that was kind of uh, a known fact before then. So I found that pretty interesting and I would look forward to uh, Burks coming up for a visit to Ann Arbor pretty soon. uh, If all goes well.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely a guy that hasn't really been talked about much. Again, like you said, and, and St. Louis has definitely been a place where Jay Harbaugh has uh, kind of a reputation because uh, he he discovered Hassan Haskins down there, and he's definitely hitting that area of the country hard once again uh, with with Marvin Burks Jr. at six two one ninety. He's a, a four star talent on the composite and a fringe four star talent on twenty four sevens personal rankings, but he's got some other really good offers. He's got Oregon, uh, Texas, A&M, Penn state, Washington, Miami, USC. So he's got a ton of really good offers there. So I I think that's a really good pick there, John. I think he's going to end up being a guy that uh, we end up hearing a little bit more about as this cycle goes on. Uh, That's a really good pick. Um, Seth, did you have uh, anybody that you wanted to discuss or, or any thoughts about uh, uh, Burks at all?
1: Yeah, I was just, um, I was just gonna just name the guy I had on the top of my head is, which is Micah T's. Um It's a he's a four star receiver out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, the interesting connection with him is Dax Hill, um, the same high school, Booker T. Washington in Tulsa. Um, I know Ron Bellamy uh, visited the high school, and obviously with a connection to to that high school with Dax Hill, um, that could, that could play a factor in, in this recruitment. I mean, it's obviously going to be tough to pull him away from, from Oklahoma as you know, he's not committed there, but he has, um, a couple of crystal ball um, projections to Oklahoma, um, and Notre Dame is in the mix as well. And he has several offers, you know, several pretty big time offers, um, you know, and he's a, you know, he's a number four player in the state, but kind of a, a, smaller quicker type receiver five eleven, one eighty. 180 um it's it's going to be interesting to see you know obviously we haven't seen how the receivers look and what their roles are in the offense with with weiss and and more as co-offensive coordinators but i feel like it's not going to look a ton different um even you know from from gaddis because they were involved quite a bit in the offense in in terms of just scheming and, and calling plays i believe so um we would see how that looks, but, but yeah, he's a guy that I would just keep an eye on. I'm not, I'm not saying by any means that Michigan will will go out and snag him and, and become the favorite, but it's something where, you know, with that previous connection with Dax Hill, um, that Michigan, they just offered him a couple of weeks ago, I believe, so that that they could be able to continue, you know, to, to keep momentum on his recruitment and just see what happens.
0: Yeah. He's, he's a really good player as well. And you mentioned that he's a, he's a smaller, Wide receiver. But you know what? Michigan's going to need one of those probably in this cycle because they've finished their 2022 cycle uh, with a couple. Uh, bigger, more down the field and, and and go up for a 50-50 ball uh, type wide receiver with Darius Clemens and Amorian Walker, the flip from Notre Dame. So they're probably going to need a, a slot guy or two uh, in this 2023 class. And, and they've got Samaj Morgan already lined up in that role uh, as the a three-star commit in-state player. So, yeah, why not go after another uh, top-end recruit Um, like Micah Tease, number 182 on the composite. And like you mentioned, number four player in the state of Oklahoma. And it definitely uh, isn't going to hurt that he's from the same high school as Daxton Hill. I think if anything, that would help a little bit. It probably won't make or break his recruitment by any means, uh, but it certainly will not hurt. But um, the one thing that will hurt is that Michigan's got to go up against uh, the very best college football programs for him. Notre Dame has done a good job. Obviously, Oklahoma, the in-state school for him. He's got an Alabama offer. So if they ever want to come up into this recruitment here, they can always do so. And several other really, really good offers as well. So that's a really good pick too, man. I I think he's a a very good player at uh, a position that they're probably going to look to take a a few more at in this cycle as they uh, kind of do. Every single cycle, they usually seem to take around three uh, at the very least. Um, you know, sometimes you'll have a cycle where they only take two, uh, but I would say odds are they'll probably look to take another haul of three wide receivers in this class. Um, so yeah, that's that's a really good pick too, Seth. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how many other guys they look to go visit Uh, these high schools over the next uh, few weeks or so uh, with the spring evaluation period. So it's going to be a a really interesting uh, because again, like I said earlier, they visited Nick Harbor last week. They're going to visit Nick Harbor this week. Uh, They visited Dante Moore last week. I I would anticipate they'll at least think about doing so again this week. So buckle up. We've got a lot of, uh, (laughs) got got a lot more to cover here uh, on future brew and on, um uh, But that is all the time we have for today. Thank you all for listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at, my friend?
2: At Simmons underscore John. And Seth, where are you at on Twitter?
1: At Barry underscore Seth 14 for me.
0: And follow Maison Brew, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just type in Maison Brew. You'll find us. Uh, give us five-star reviews if you uh, feel so inclined to on all of our podcasts. We greatly appreciate the support. Go check out our YouTube page. Give us a subscribe there as well. Post in some of the other podcasts on there with uh, Blue by 90, uh, the Brewcast from time to time as well. Got some good stuff over there. Uh, so we greatly appreciate all of your support. Um, and we will definitely talk to you guys in the very near future because there's a lot more uh, Michigan recruiting to sort out here. So until then, we will talk to you next time.